Here I go again Same old boss, same old friend It's just my place for security Place I call friends like you and me Here I go Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are recording in front of a live audience here at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America. We're at 123 West 10th Street. That's the Full Circle Book Co-op. It is your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe, and uh, it's right off the strip. Can't miss it. Between the axe throwing place and the uh, pinball place. It's like an entertainment mecca over here. Uh, and uh, we come to you, record this podcast every Tuesday night uh, before the uh, uh, city council bingo, which is uh, going to have a big crowd tonight, I can tell. I can feel it. Tension's in the air. Um, and I'm very happy. Let's just get right to it. Uh, before I go into the sponsor, before I do anything, my guest today uh, is uh, Mr. Matt Fockler. Mr. Matt Fockler, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Can I just, do I have to call you Mr. Matt Fockler? No, whatever okay. works for you. So uh, you're here, Matt Fockler, you are in fact a musician. I, they say that. That's, <laughs> that's what they say. And uh, so we're going to play a little music today, right? Yep. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit and uh, hit on whatever we hit. But uh, so you've been around the area. You're, are, you, are you a native South Dakotan? Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Montrose. Oh, beautiful. You know, that's the home of the Lally family. That's what I heard. Yeah, there's some... Uh, the it Lally actually means the mount, mountain of roses. Or if you're driving gravel roads around here, there's a wild rose. It only grows three, four inches tall. And it's really high in vitamin C. So I always, when I find them, I pop them in my mouth, and chew on them until their flavor's gone and spit them out. It's way better than eating vitamin C. How's but, the taste? Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Those little, I know what you're That's talking what about. our town is named after, is those little wild roses we have around here, Mount Montrose. Really? I did not yeah. know that. That's a, that's a good story, man. Um, so you grew up in Montrose, and then what? Oh, yeah. You, you ended up How here. do I start with <laughs> What's your journey, man? Well, I, I, the best way I can explain starting in Montrose is, I found out growing up in Montrose that I, that I have dyslexia. And I grew up <clears throat> with dyslexia at a time when teachers didn't believe in it. Um, my teachers all kind of thought that I wasn't trying. Because look, look at the places he likes to be. He does really good and flourishes in them. But um, yeah. the classes that I didn't, wasn't interested in, I, I, it wasn't that I didn't care. I just I didn't know what the problem was. So growing up with this dyslexia has kind of turned into a, a blessing in disguise. How so? Uh, I, I got to work to learn. And growing up, uh, I, got, I was really frustrated with it all because I didn't know what was going on. Because everybody told me I wasn't trying, but I was trying. Um, so once somebody explained what, what was going on, it's become a, a learning ability is what I call it, because I, I wouldn't let go of it. I think, um, I think creative people, most artists or 
anybody who does things in the whether it's painting or playing music, there's some kind of struggle in your childhood that makes you uh, force your way through some kind of uncomfort from not really knowing what's going on. Um, once somebody told me what it was and and explained what it was, then everything made sense to me. And I had tools to work with to figure out how to be. Mm, just a different path. Yeah, and it, I don't think it really, it seems like most creative people have struggled um, trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. And that struggle kind of is what, you gotta be creative to figure out how to get through, you know? And your creative uh, expression came through music. And so you, here you are, and uh, all these years later, you're a singer-songwriter. Is that the best uh, description of what you do? Or are you a songwriter first? Songwriter, singer? I would say I'm a servant first. I, I would rather um, do my business gypsy maintenance before playing guitar. I do tile, landscape, uh, a little bit of everything, but what I am is more about what I do than the music side of it is, um, to me, always feels on the side. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with trying to figure out how to do music. It's just, it's always been a struggle for me. And yet you do it. You do it publicly. Why, if it's a struggle for you, and why do you, why do you continue to do it publicly? We're going to talk about your journey here in a minute, but it's a pretty impressive journey. You, you, you know, you're not just dabbling a little bit in your basement. You're out there, man. You're putting it out there, right? Yeah. Well, why the, why the, <clears throat> Um, at the beginning, it was just trying to figure, figure out what I was after. I knew I liked music, and I didn't know uh, what I wanted. I knew what I was after inside. Uh, I went to Portland, Oregon. I went, um, I traveled a fair amount, and everything I found was um, Close music kind of always stirs me, but until I went to Texas um, and experienced Texas singer-songwriters, I never realized uh, what what really motivates me. Which is Texas singer-songwriters. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else. And, I, and again, uh, I don't know that it's as much Texas singer-songwriters. What what makes Texas singer-songwriters work? is music lovers, mm -hmm. supporters. Mm -hmm. uh, they support music different in Texas than they do. I was talking to you earlier mm -hmm. where you can be playing to a room full of South Dakotans and you seem like you're boring them to death. <laughs> but after the show, they come up and, and they're excited and they love everything you did, but while you're watching the crowd while you're playing, it sure seems like nobody's interested. <laughs> um, I, I guess I boiled it down to to the people who, um, the settlers that came here originally, there were no trees, there was nothing here. And if you weren't ready for winter, you, you'd die. So that fear of the unknown, uh, I think kind of spawns from um, the people who first kind of I shouldn't say first, because I've got songs about the native people who were here first before we ever showed up, but um, 
we're just, we tend to be, a lot of people around here don't go to a show unless they've heard of the person. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of them? Uh, no, I haven't. What's he playing? What's he? People don't tend to even ask that a lot of times. If they've heard of them, they'll go to the show if they haven't. Um, it's that kind of same fear of the unknown. You stick with the comfortable. If the neighbor buys a Suburban, everybody buys a Suburban. It's just kind of a, um, we follow here a little bit more until we know and we're really comfortable, then we might dive in. Yeah. But Texas, um, it's the people out there that make the Texas music great. Um, if, if people are showing you that you, that they like what you're doing, you do it different. Um, where up here it's a little harder to, when you get a little experience, you kind of realize that and it changes things. But Texas, um, or I guess anywhere there's real community, mm -hmm. you get that. If there's, like uh, I spent a fair amount of time in Billings, Montana, and there's a lot of it there. We are kind of disjointed here though. And I don't, and I, I agree with that and I don't know why. I think 30 story. below zero has a lot to do with it. <laughs> it's a beautiful it's, day today. That's where man. the fear comes from. Yeah. You know, we, we're so worried about, you know, like uh, um, this, just this last little storm that come through. Uh, I had something I needed to do and everybody's like, are you sure you, it's winter time. <laughs> this isn't even bad. Like, it's just snowing. It ain't really even a blizzard. Why are you worried about me? Like, uh, if there was 30 inches of snow on the ground, then there'd be a, a good reason to be worried. Yeah. But we look for any excuse up here to, to be negative about the weather. Um, but you get out in the mountains where people make money off the weather, people get excited when it snows. <laughs> yeah. They just love it, you know? And here it's just a negative, bad, terrible thing. <laughs> And it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. Yeah, and I think, to me, it seems like if it's a reflection of your humanity. If you find your humanity or you have, if you're somewhere close to your humanity, you, uh, you're not worried about the little things that happen. Yeah. You just, uh, you trust and, and you have faith that things are going to work out even if they're not working out right now. So you're sitting here with a guitar. I'm describing this for the folks out there in, in uh, podcast land because you're going to play some music. So before we go into too much more, I think you probably should play a song. What do you want to play? Uh, uh, we were talking earlier, and you're a Rich Show fan, so I uh, no better place to start than the person that motivated me first. Uh, Rich is... Um, uh, sometimes hard for me to take what's on my mind and get it out of mm -hmm. my mouth. Um, but being able to write as much stuff as he has, and like I said earlier, I'd love to hear the stuff that Didn't that he like doesn't it. let anybody else hear. Because yeah. I love everything he does. Every yeah. time you hear him, it's fresh, it's new, it's different. Uh, there's different musicians. Um, he puts himself uh, in a place of learning, or maybe not learning, but um, 
pushing. Yeah, all the time, moving forward. Uh, and I, I have a hard time covering sometimes because my voice is. Uh, you sound you though. Know, you kind of sound like a, a Texas singer-songwriter. You know, I'm thinking about like is it Jimmy Dale Gilmore. A little, little yeah. bit of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, he was he was in what was his name in the uh, he was the uh, dude's buddy. Oh yeah, I mean, in uh, in uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah, he yeah, was in absolutely. the Big. If he, it's awesome. So uh, what? So what's what's the Rich Show song you're gonna play for us? Wasted all these years. Oh, it's a great song. Go ahead. Uh, let me tune just a minute. I just it's, it's part of the deal. I understand. We'll edit that all that out. I got I, I got new time. strings put on my guitar right before I come here. Oh, and it was cold. And it's cold out, so it's it's always worth tuning, because it sucks if you don't. <laughs> it's worth the California 
and through the Georgia pines Hell, I've seen the eastern seaboard You know it really blows your mind And I cried for all the millions But I cried out all my tears Hell, I wasted every moment Yeah, I wasted all Wasted every moment, yeah, wasted all these years. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It's nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, if you just dropped into the middle of this podcast somehow, we're listening. We're talking to Matt Bockler, uh, musician, singer, songwriter, uh, handyman. What? Yes. Yeah. That's handyman? a good way to I say it. We need to talk later. I got some issues. <laughs> but uh, uh, so you grew up in Montrose. We pick up on the story here. You, you're here in Sioux Falls, but you've uh, traveled a lot. You've made all these connections with people out in uh, the music world. Um, people who have gone on to great things. Um, how did that happen? How did you end up being a guy who has all these backstories? Musically, it's again, uh, I, well, I went to Portland and I kind of got into some festivals out there and I, I sort of found some acoustic music. And I, again, I didn't have any idea what I was looking for, um, but it was Texas. I was doing a tile job in Houston, um, in Bel Air. And I went to an open mic and there was a, a guy uh, he released a bunch of records called The Fathers of Texas. And it's a, it's a series of records that explains Texas history. And he wrote the stories, but he had Texas songwriters um, tell a little bit of the story, and then they wrote a song about that part of the story. So when you get through the whole uh, a series of records, you learn Texas history and and what all the different battles that went on for their independence down there with Mexico. And um, plus, you get to hear it through some of the best songwriters in Texas. It's, uh, the series is called Fathers of Texas. Um, but I went. He told me the following night there was an open mic that I should go to or, I'm sorry, not an open mic, but a concert with this guy named Steve Fromholtz. And when I showed up there, uh, I was just, I was so blown away. It was the first show of his Texas tour. I followed every show. <laughs> I left there and went everywhere he went through the whole state of Texas. And Lubbock? Then I, then I went Lubbock? I did, I went to Lubbock too. <laughs> uh, which is where a lot of some of the best Texas music yeah. came out of, you know, the, um, the immense amount of great songwriters. You mentioned Jimmy Dale Gilmore, but Butch Hancock and Joe Ely, um, the three of them together do an incredible, uh, they've got a few records out. Uh, anyways, Texas, after following Steve Fromholtz, some other people got me going to the, the Kerrville Folk Festival. And it's, it's hard to explain without it ending up 
Before long, it starts sounding like I'm trying to sell a cult <laughs> because it, it's so incredible. Uh, and not just me, most national uh, independent singer songwriters, they block out that 18 days every year. It's an 18 day. It, it's 18 like, days long. It's not just a festival. This is like a. It's centered on camp. songwriting. And so, uh, uh, Peter Yarrow with Peter, Paul, and Mary helped Rod Kennedy put it together. And so, uh, there's people from all over the world that are there for 18 days. So each camp is kind of named after where everybody comes from. You got Camp Coho, which is all the Canadians. Um, Camp Stupid, which is <laughs> all Dakota's of the Houston. What? Oh, yeah. That's, Camp that's Dakota probably. was what I started. Awesome. Um, and we got a really good reputation at the festival because I got about 10 people from Sioux Falls down there. And Texas is kind of known for lazy labor. It's hard <laughs> to get anybody to do anything. It's, they call it the land of Minyana because they, everybody's going to do it tomorrow, but they never do anything. <laughs> So all these South Dakota people showed up and you only have, at Kerrville, you, to get a free pass to everything, you work four hour shift every day. Well, the South Dakota, and when you're on a shift, you wear a, a staff shirt. Well, all my South Dakota friends never took their shirt off. They worked 24 seven. <laughs> They're like, this ain't work. Because <laughs> they were never off the clock. So after my first festival with all my South Dakota friends, all the people who run the festival came up to my camp to thank us because they were like, you need to start bringing more South Dakota people down here because you all actually work for your free ticket, you know? So uh, Texas, this, all my singer-songwriter contacts are all from that festival because everyone who's an independent artist is there every year for the 18, 18 days. And so, so what did that turn into for you? I mean, it, you created a network. It, it turned into confidence. Yeah. Um, it's a place that, what's really great is there's probably 500 circles and they're all sponsored by um, what they would, listening rooms or, or house concerts. Um, and this is in a town, right? That's the name of it. It's town. outside of, it's on a 500 acre ranch. Got it. So, uh, if so you look at the lineup, just hanging out in this ranch. Yeah, but the, the difference is, if you look at the lineup, ninety percent of the people don't go to the festival, or don't even show up at main stage, because what makes it special is the security makes sure that um, there. And, and for a, a music festival, there's nine hundred people on staff. So there's 900 people walking around and their job is to make sure that you're having a good time. That's what their security job basically is. I could do that. No, it, <laughs> there, there really is nothing like it. So the biggest thing is all the main stage acts, the, the main stage is the smallest part of it. And the reason that is, is when the main stage is over at 10 to midnight, they all go into the campground and every every camp has 10 to 12 chairs in a circle and they're 
it's one song at a time clockwise. Everyone has the same rules. So nobody can dominate the circle and play songs all night long. Everybody gets a chance to play their song. So if there's a, if there's a chair open and every camp has got everything and the kitchen sink there, most of them got full bars. So if you sit down and you play a song, you have access to everything that camp has to offer. If you want to drink or whatever, it's there. So, uh, just to give you an example of how neat it is, people show up there because famous people get to be just normal there because people don't crowd around you. Um, I was sitting at Co Camp Coho one night. I sat down in an empty chair, and maybe five minutes after I sat there, a guy sat beside me, and I recognized him. And after 15 years of being on staff, I knew uh, I needed to start paying attention because when you recognize somebody there, there's a chance that they could be who you really, who you, they could be somebody. So the circle finally got all the way around. I played my song and it wasn't three notes into it. Don Henley was sitting beside me and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is like my favorite songwriter. And I've been talking to him for 45 minutes trying to figure out who the guy is. <laughs> and it's, uh, people sh like that show up there very seldomly because they don't want to ruin how cool the energy is there. Um, so what's neat about all these camps is there's some of them, uh, Camp Cuisine is the name of one, uh, you're welcome to, if there's an empty chair, you're welcome to sit as long as you want and play as many songs as you want, but you have to wait for your turn. At Camp Coho, if you're not invited to sit down, they'll invite you right back out of that chair. <laughs> you, gotta, you really have to be somebody to be in that circle. And a lot of people don't like it because of that, but at the same time, there's 500 circles and there's a real barometer of, as a songwriter, you learn where you fit. And it makes you work for something better than you are. So if you can, if somebody lets you play Camp Coho, you're a songwriter. You, you don't get to sit and play in that circle unless you are. And so that's, if you want to hear good music, sit at Camp Coho all night, because it'll be, top of the line, best songwriting you've ever heard. And some of the people, the, um, the majority of the people that go there who are songwriters, their whole point is to try to find these young kids that have never been heard before that are gonna knock their socks mm -hmm. off. So, so on that note, I think you should probably play another song. Would you play Coho? Would you play for Don Henley? Do you remember? Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I, I, uh, <laughs> Make me play my least favorite song. Well, no, no, don't do that. You play what you want. Um, well, it was Don Henley, so when it come back around, I had to play the best thing I had, uh, which I've, because of Kerrville, a lot of people cover this song, and I've gotten lucky enough to Steep Canyon Rangers, who is which is Steve Martin's backing band. Steve Martin's band is covering this one. Um, and it's because of my friend Jonathan Bird, who toured with them, and he was playing three of my songs at all of his shows. Jonathan Bird's a thing, if people don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and again, it, it's 
it seems like such a long shot, but if you're a songwriter and you're anywhere close to good, you should go to Kerrville because you'll get somewhere. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah. There's just, there's so many connections there. You won't leave without being where you want to be or meeting who you want to meet. Okay. Um, and what's the song? What's it called? It's called Lakota Sioux. Got it. Uh, wrote it about uh, the natives here in South Dakota that I grew up around. Summer is changing, falls in the air. Elder geese are in migration, and you can hear them up there. The prairie's golden brown, elder leaves are falling down, and the fawns have lost their spots, and the temperature's dropping down. It was a big day, I suppose, when the Indians chased buffalo. Across the prairie and herds they'd go Till the blood began to flow and they went down Hell, we ain't got no time No to waste no time We got a lot of lives We gotta keep in line and Pretty soon the snow's gonna fly So it was a big day, I suppose, when the Indians chased buffalo across the prairie and herds they'd go until the blood began to flow when they went down. They liked to paint their face, and they liked to paint the paints, and they liked to decorate everything up and celebrate. They like to congregate in a beautiful place Dress themselves in feathers and leathers and dream their fates It was a big day, I suppose, when the Indians chased a buffalo Across the prairie and herds they'd go Until the blood began to flow and they went down Cavalries came to take their land away. Held a light and died and lost every battle but got their way. And then they took their soul when they took the buffalo. And they took their families' blankets riddled with pox and so. It was a big day, I suppose, when Custer went in for the clothes. Found himself with his pants down As the Indians rode around and took him down No, we ain't got no time No to waste no time We got a lot of lives We gotta keep in line Pretty soon the snow's gonna fly Don't feed them, your people gonna die 
So it was a big day, I suppose, when the Indians chased a buffalo across the prairie and herds they go till the blood began to flow and they went down. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, regional song, right? It's, it, it has a sense of place. Clearly. Yeah, well, the, th the thing that I like so much about the natives here, um, and I've since diving into it all backed off a fair amount, because the Lakota, the reason that uh, around here there's so much prejudice against drinking, but if you look at the root, I'm a big fan of digging back to what the root of the problem is, is um, if you look at any of the natives in the United States that are doing really well and don't have alcoholism, it's because they sold out or they ran or they went and hid in the mountains. Um, so they had a easier out when they gave in, where the Lakota still have it. They refuse to integrate. It's more, impor more important maybe for them to drink than to integrate into our system. And so the more I learn about them, the more I just step aside because the, the problem as a white guy, we tend to want to save them or to fix them or to do something to make right our wrongs um, when what would give them the most health if, is if we were just completely out of the way. They need sovereignty. They need to make their own choices, which um, the reason that the Lakota are so far behind any other native is because they have not given in. They will not integrate. So I respect that. I respect, I, have, I tend to have more respect for a drunken Indian on the corner spanging for change than I do one of that's graduated from college driving a brand new truck. Because the way they, they chose their chief was the most selfless person. Um, a chief would let every woman and child eat and all the warriors or all the other men eat before they ate. They made sure everyone had what they needed before they, they partook themselves. Um, so all of that kind of reflects in, it's hard to see how healthy an, an unhealthy native is because we have kind of a, a Western way of thinking where uh, there's a reason native life ways work so well and our ways is just, uh, success, uh, money, and whoever has the most is the most successful one, rather than um, putting our women and children ahead of us. Uh, so, Do you worry at all about the, I mean, you obviously it's a song about Lakota, and you're talking about wanting to step back. Um, that's one of your most recognizable songs. Do you worry about the cultural appropriation? How do you reconcile that? 
I don't really worry about it because natives don't want to hear anything I got to say anyways. I'm blonde hair and blue eye. You so know, you don't I, worry about it. You're speaking to a different crowd. You don't. Maybe like I'm. You. I don't. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Whoever listened to me, maybe. Uh, uh, if I have anything to speak to, it's the people who have a problem with the drunks on the corner out here. You know, because they're they're closer to that native life way than the ones. For example, that are driving a brand new truck, but they've got that money off of a lot of the natives that have already. And I don't want to. It's hard for me it's to use. It's a difficult line to walk because, again, you're a. Uh, first off, I got no business blood. talking about this. Stuff. <laughs> I don't know all we got. I don't have a drop that I know of of right. native blood, and if I did, you know, in their world, the power comes from your mother. My mom is Dutch, mm -hmm. which. Uh, so is mine. It's uh, a whole nother. It's, it's maybe as Dutch is further from native life ways than most other realms. Yeah. But I can't imagine anything further away from uh, from the native uh, philosophies, native lifestyle, native anything than Dutch. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, in South Dakota, it's easy to see where Dutches are, are at because there's if you go to a Dutch town, there ain't a drip of garbage. There's not a candy wrapper on the ground. It's clean, you know. It's a beautiful place, the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we've taken an ugly turn here because we're talking about things we know nothing about. Well, and when happened? you go to the reservation, there's garbage everywhere, and you wonder why, you know. But it's that fighting to um, fighting for the least, if, if, if that us, our churches particularly, and I grew up and still am very religious. Um, I believe in being born again and I'm a Jesus freak. Uh, very seldomly say that or talk about it because it's difficult to tie where my heart is to that because what's hurt Native people the most is uh, my particular belief is all this Stuff that surfaced recently with the priests messing with mm -hmm. kids. Back, back in the 1800s, we didn't want any of that reflected in our churches. So if there was a leader that was doing that, I believe they were sent to the reservation because nobody wanted to be on the reservation. Right. And so if you talk to the elders or anybody who grew up there, they were... Um, it's always, brutal, yeah. you know? And I've always... I've personally always... What are you doing there, right? I don't. Whether it's Catholics, Episcopalians, Methodists, I don't care. Why? What are you doing on a reservation? Get out of there. Just get out of there. Most people that are white and on the reservation, they're looking for themselves, and it's a selfish direction. They're most of them are new age, and they're drawn to that, but it's a selfish thing where. Um, I don't know. I, and again, I don't have any business in this. And for a lot of years, my heart was in the middle of it. But the closer I got to it, the less business I had anywhere near. Mm -hmm. You know, them people, if they're left alone, um, real elders can't teach a youth anything unless they're asked. They have to be asked knowledge. Because it's disrespectful to tell somebody something unless they ask you. So the real ones aren't really doing anything because they're honoring their real life ways. 
if you were to find those people and ask them questions, they give you real answers. Where the drunks that we're all used to, um, it's hard for us. The first thing white people want to say, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. My daddy founded this country by hard work, you know. They didn't have hard work. Their whole life was for the men and women and the children. You know, work was, uh, it wasn't work because you survival. loved what you did. Just and, well, just living. No, I, there you go. Survival's a, a weird word. Surviving, nobody wants to survive. It's like our winners here. Um, you either survive. survive in the winter or you live. And if you live, you're not negative. And if you're surviving, you're all pessimism and you're all worrying and what if, all these what ifs, that's a, that's a real white thing. We, need, we all need fat bikes. Get outside, have a good time. We got some fat bikers in the crowd tonight, so I, yeah. I, that, was, that was just a softball to them. Uh, uh, Matt Fokker, I, want, I just want you to play another song. What do you, what do you got? What, what, what's your uh, next one? Why, why are we talking when you're sitting here with a guitar, right? I left my capo at home, so I'm trying to think of what I... We'll just get somebody from the crowd to come up here and put their fingers on there. Human capo. No? That probably doesn't Let work. Let me tune first. I've, had, I've got some volunteers for you if, you if you need that. I should mention, while you're tuning, this show's sponsored. This show's sponsored by Northview Bait and Tackle, your home for live bait, dead tackle, propane, propane accessories, self-storage, high-end dog and cat food. That's Northview Bait and Tackle on North Kiwanis Avenue, just off Russell. Uh, they've got the uh, big buffalo mural over there now. Uh, uh, and I, I apologize, I can't remember the gentleman's name uh, who, who painted it. He's a native artist. And his name is Joshua. I can't remember. When Matt Staub was here, he told us all about it. But it's an amazing mural over on North Kiwanis Avenue. You should go by. That's Northview Bait and Tackle sponsoring this program. We have another sponsor coming soon. I'm a bait and tackle. My cousin Steve Faulkner just bought a place over in Chester. Uh, yeah. And he sells bait and tackle. Which place in Chester? I, it's the only gas station in town. <laughs> his whole point is bait and tackle. He's the best fisherman I know. Well, he's on Brand Lake, so, you know. Yeah, well, if you're in, if you're in uh, Chester, fuel up at the only gas station and say <laughs> hi to my cousin Steve. Please. There's a plug. Uh, all right. What are you going to play? I'm still not. Still not. No, we're, we're all right here. Uh, I can plug more stuff. We're here at the Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe at 123 West 10th Street. That's the Full Circle Book Co-op, beautiful downtown Sioux Falls. I can't, you know, the new sponsor, we still haven't dotted all the I's across the T's. But it's organic, I'll tell you that. What's the song? I wrote this on South Padre Island. Uh, it's called Black Marlin because the name of the bar I played was Black Marlin. And we, we left here a little early to get down there because there was a huge blizzard up here. And we were trying to procrastinate long enough to get rid of all the spring breakers. But since the blizzard hit, we got there early and we played through spring break at this place called the Black Marlin. Uh, it's a bit of an ugly song, but uh, it explains spring break. Hot, 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 hot. 
I severely rip off Steve Goodman in this song, by the way. Standing in the corner of a honky-tonk in heaven Hearing a whole host of angels in my ears There's the smell of beer and alcohol And music feels like Demerol King of the air is flying through the room well, You got Virginia and her Memphis moon And old Susanna's flashing you With her slippery nipples and her Alabama ways and There's people in the bathroom bending down They got bills in their nose, it's a candy town
City Council bingo here, but I, I can't let you go without you talking about your uh, plan, your hope, your dream for a music festival out in, uh, out in your hometown of Montrose. I'm imagining fiddles, you know, uh, that sort of thing, I'm, a lot of Irish music, no? It's the Kerrville Folk Festival. Uh, I got a four-year-old son, so I can't go down there every year for 18 days. I used to go a week early, stay a week late and I was all in for the whole thing. Um, but with the Sioux Falls turning into what it's turning into with all of the venues that are opening up and the new amphitheater, and um, it just is so different than what I'm used to Sioux Falls being. First off, on any Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can walk down Phillips Avenue and there's three or four acoustic sets going on. Mm -hmm. I don't even feel like I'm in Sioux Falls on the weekend, <laughs> you know? So. With uh, Jazz Fest um, kind of fading off, and uh, we got the Sioux River Folk Festival, which has been, they've been really helpful with me figuring this out and kind of um, supporting me in it. I'm trying to do a South Dakota version of, of the Kerrville Folk Festival, basically. And this and would be in Montrose? In Montrose. And I, with the reason I'm doing it, I'm trying to do it in late summer this coming summer um, will be a fundraiser for my hometown but I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing on a community level because we grew up around here uh, most of us in small towns and we have rivals uh, and now rivals are silly to me because all these small towns are dying out they their their pools can't afford to be fixed their ball diamonds are falling apart. The streets are falling apart. They don't have businesses. All these little farming communities are falling apart. Um, and Montrose is 25 miles. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, not like it's way out in the middle no, of the country. It's exactly in, it's 30 miles from Sioux Falls. Yeah, and, and it ain't no different than any other little town outside of, of, of Sioux Falls. They're all kind of falling apart. They're all short on money. And I'm trying to figure out how to do a community-based festival that's similar to, to Kerrville, but um, what I'm trying to do is three weekends with my thing in the middle. So the Sioux Falls people who sponsor me, um, I'll put all my friends and um, connections and my, everything I'm trying to do on my weekend into Sioux Falls' weekend before it and weekend after it so that I can support community rather than 
my neighboring town being a rival that I hate because we play them in sports. You know, we have to come together as a community to save all these little towns. So I'm trying to figure out how to do a festival um, that's similar to Kerrville, but tying Sioux Falls into my little town as well as the little towns that have always been my rivals. Um, and I've got this momentum sort of going with Steep Canyon Rangers and with some of these people covering my stuff. If I can use that momentum to try to figure out how to do a community festival that the people from town that support me in this, I can support them in return. Mm -hmm. um, community is helping each other, not just trying to find sponsors to come up with the money to do what you want to do. Um, I feel like if I'm if if somebody's going to sponsor what I'm trying to do as a community, I'm going to put as much energy into what they have going on as what I have going on because that's community. Um, everyone's trying to whether it's a restaurant or a bike shop or uh, a venue, particularly everyone's trying to figure out how to fill up seats, and it's easy to fill up seats when you have a community. But the only time community happens is if you put as much energy into them as they're putting into you. Selflessly. Yes. Yeah. Selfless. And humble. Right. Uh, Matt Fockler, we look forward to that. Um, quickly, where can people find your music? Uh, I'm Matt Fockler on Facebook, okay. but I prefer to send people to Gypsy Productions. GypsyProductions.com? No, Just it's uh, on Facebook. Got it's it. a, it's a Gypsy Productions on Facebook. You go yep. there, you can learn about Matt Falker. Playing around town all the time. So go see him. Uh, I know I'm promoting everybody besides me on <laughs> Gypsy Productions. Because well, I'm trying to produce other people rather than myself. Well, we're we're, we're uh, publicizing you here on the podcast. And it can just sort of cascade down from there. How's that sound? That sounds great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to thank... Matt Fockler for being on the Patrick Lally Show today. And, uh, woo! Thank you. Uh, we'll be back uh, uh, I, next Tuesday with another podcast here from the Full Circle Book Show, Bookshop, Book Co-op, here at uh, 123 West 10th Street. Uh, and I thank you all for being here today. And Matt, um, you know, do you want to play a little something? Just take us out? We'll just fade out? Well, I won't even, you, normally we fade into a little rich show. But uh, we, we paid our homage to Rich early in the show. So do you want to just kind of take us out with something? Uh, sure. What is it? Um, I, I try to, every time I play, I try to start and end with somebody else's song. Um, because I, I love playing other people's stuff. I'm so sick of my own music, I just do not play it for starters. Um, I like promoting other people. Um, and this is a, a friend of mine from Texas. He was, uh, his whole goal in life was to be a rock star. And uh, he found Jesus and become a Methodist minister. Uh, but it's my favorite song to play. And it's uh, by Fosco Jones.
song about friends. My old school friends are scattered. I thought they would stick together. I was always on the outside looking in. My friends missed my friends misunderstood me I was kind of weird and in the way uninvited I was trying to fit in my friends is on the sidelines and our team was doing well the cheerleaders flashed the colors black and gold hell what an awkward time it was I caught my first nicotine buzz underneath the bleachers bad kids my friends hell I'm driving by the place that we used to hang out my friends my friends now dressed in suits some dead or stuck behind the counter fast food going nowhere west of Winston my friends got jobs and married Some bought houses in the suburbs A dog, a cat, friends in the yard And a couple of kids My friends at church on Sunday And then back to work on Monday Fighting traffic every morning 8 a.m. Well, it's funny how the time goes by Faster as the time goes by I said goodbye before I got the chance to know My friends Hell, I wonder what you're doing these days My friends And I'm driving by the place that we used to hang out, my friends. My friends are getting older, bald and gray, and not as pretty. It's high school yearbook pictures taken of them Hell, my friends, their little memories That help make up my mind to leave And the reasons that I'm going back again Should my old acquaintances be forgotten And never brought to mind Hell, I hope that I see all someday somewhere further on down the line my friends on graduation day we didn't have that much to say we didn't know each other much at all well, I didn't think and I didn't care in a hurry to get away from there I left before I got the chance to know my friends and it's old familiar faces and names my friends and I'm driving by the place that we used to 